little different episode today. It's just me on my lonesome. Lindsay has decided to jet set off to the Dominican and leave me here in the winter all by myself. So today's episode is all about financial independence, retire early. This movement is actually called FIRE. And so if you've ever heard the term coast fire or fire movement, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about financial independence, retiring early. Before I jump into my thoughts on this and how to accomplish this and the pros and the cons and everything I want to unpack about financial independence, I want to talk about some content that I'm into recently. Um, So last week I shared that I have become slightly... I don't want to say obsessed, but definitely interested in Mount Everest. I've watched every documentary there is. I know all about these famous mountaineers that I have no business knowing about. Honestly, there's a slight decline in my yard and I can barely manage that. So um, mountaineering isn't really for me, but I'm fascinated by the people who are interested in it. So that was my last week's content. And this week's content is a podcast that I am really, really into. Uh, Let me pull it up here on my phone. It's with Miley Cyrus's sister and mom. It's really, really good. They talk about shows that they're into, about just what's going on in their lives. Um, The podcast is called Sorry We're Stoned, and I'm here for it. I really, really like it. It's... um, Like, it's not trashy, like my out of the pods (laughs) and all those reality TV podcasts that I listen to. It's really, really good. They talk about, um, you know, life lessons and it's coming from, I think, uh, Brandy, who is Miley Cyrus's older sister. I think she's around my age, like 37, 38, and her mom obviously is like probably in her 50s and just their perspective on life and life lessons and um, things they're working through and transitions in their lives. I just really, I'm into it. So if you want to check that out, by all means, um, I think you're going to like it. So now onto the FIRE movement. Okay, so FIRE is all about uh, financial independence and retiring early. And I'm a big believer that Uh, People who try to get rich quick stay broke long. So I think there's a really interesting balance when it comes to achieving financial independence. Um, Also, I mean, you're listening to a podcast from somebody who has admitted that they're a spender. I love experiences. I do not mind um, foregoing some expenses to really spend on others. I also have been really clear that I don't really know what retirement looks like for me. So I don't know if retirement is something that I'm aiming for really. Like, I don't know. I'm almost 40. I really like working. I am an extrovert. So I like being around people and communicating with other humans every day. I don't no, I don't know. Um, 
like I definitely want, I've, I've, even in my working life, I've taken sabbaticals. So like, for example, um, I, for the past few years were, was really in the habit of taking December's off. And recently I did take a whole month off and went, um, and acted like a snowbird. So, um, yeah, so it's just one of those things where, I have that mindset that you can always make more money and you can't make more time. And so I tend to um, really value my time. I, it's not that I'm not generous with my time. It's just that um, I'm not super stringy with my money either. So yeah, interesting, interesting balance. Um, so going back to the fire movement, but also bridging that gap of the mentality that people trying to get rich quick do tend to stay broke long. So if you're afraid that you're not good with money, that you're not saving enough, that you're, um, that you really want to work less, um, then, I think it's really important to really narrow in on what do you want? So if you want financial independence and you want to retire early, what do you, what does that look like for you so that we can reverse engineer that? Um, and I think it's also really important. I think me and Lindsay have talked about this before, but the intention for this podcast is to be more open about money. Like we, op- well, I don't know, um, me and my friends and, and people that I'm around, we openly talk about our struggles with being a parent or balancing having a career and having a family. We, I openly talk about that. And so do my friends with me where they're like, okay, like, how do we do this? How do we manage this? Um, what are you doing right? And what can I do to make this a little bit easier? But money tends to be one of those things that we don't talk about when both are happening, when we're struggling and when we're succeeding. It's like no matter where you are in the financial journey, you're going to feel embarrassed or feel ashamed. You're going to feel embarrassed when you're doing well, and you're going to feel embarrassed when you're having a hard time. And the way that, that I've articulated this is for some reason, I went, you know, I took a, I've taken sabbaticals the last couple of December's, last few December's actually, and I've never posted it on social media. And so, um, I posted a Christmas photo of us in Florida and someone commented, I think it was Lindsay actually saying like, that's it. You're going to post one picture. And it's because she knew I was in Florida for six weeks and she knew that I, you know, wasn't really working and that I was doing a little mini retirement and she, she was excited for me. And why wouldn't I put that on my highlight reel? Cause it is a highlight, but I felt really weird sharing it. And like, I don't know, not that I was. I know maybe I am embarrassed. Maybe I am ashamed. I don't know why there was that hesitation there for me to share that. Um, the same way as um, it's really funny story. My we have a so for our budgeting system we use a coho card. So a coho card is like a 
credit card where you put the money on it. So it's almost like a bank account, except for it's a credit card. And so it's the brand is Coho. And me and my husband use that as our budgeting system so that um, we know how much every week we have to spend. We put it on that card. And once the money's gone, the money's gone. And he's been having some problems with this Coho card. I honestly think he got a new one and he just didn't activate it. But anyways, um, that sounds like a him problem. And he was at the grocery store, (laughs) our, our little local grocery store here, and his card was declined. And instead of it just saying like, decline on the pin pad it like played a sad song like you know when you go and get your lottery ticket and it's like no cado it was like that <laughs> and it was really really loud and so i think both of those emotions the emotions of not wanting to share some really exciting things that take a lot of financial resources to pull off as well as being declined at the grocery store for a $17 purchase it is the same feeling it's the same um uncomfortable disclosure of financial position and so um but we're <laughs> Money is weird. And I think that there's like a lot of finance bros and even like some women out there that are talking about, you know, all you got to do is save 50%. Why are you spending this much on your car and this much um, on whatever? And it's really about striking a balance. And you don't know how to strike a balance if you don't know what the picture looks like. So... The first thing we have to do is we have to find out what what is it about financial independence that is drawing your attention? Is it that, um, you know, you want to be able to not depend on somebody? Is it that you don't want to have to work? Is it that you also want to take December's off? Is it that, like, what is it for you? Because based on that, it really dictates how the money should be allocated based on that. Maybe you are on track for financial independence in 15, 20 years, um, but maybe that's too long for you. Maybe you want that financial independence to be 10 years from now. And so what are the tweaks along the way that you need to do to make that happen? For a lot of people I'm seeing on social media and in actually my social circles that um, it's like picking the right investments. And although it is important to get your money invested, I think it's less important to um, really take big risks with your money. So um, one of the things that I've been noticing is that people with the capacity to take big risks they do so initially and then they reduce their risk appetite as they get more and more wealthy. Um, I don't want people sleepwalking with their money. That's not what I'm saying. I don't want um, people being ignorant and just kind of following cookie cutters. I'm, that's, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm, I also don't want people with, the idea of 
making good returns, doing smart things with their money, uh, following people who are who are at a different stage, different risk appetite and risk capacity than them, putting their money in a money bonfire. So, for example, in my local community and in, in circles, there's been some talk of investing just like, you know, real estate and and. and and investing in businesses, which is great. I think that's a great avenue for those who have the appetite, the capacity, and the expertise to do that. But it's also really important not to get emotionally involved when it comes to the success or acceptance of that endeavor. For example, You've got to be able to be in the right mind space to ask questions and to give yourself a moment to think. So there was an opportunity that some people that I know were considering and I had heard that they missed out on the opportunity and that somebody else had had come in and, and acquired that property. And so I called them and I was like, I don't know if this is true or not. Just wanted to let you know that I heard um, that the opportunity has been missed out and somebody else bought it. And they were so disappointed that they just wanted to throw in the towel. And I get it. It's really hard when stuff like that happens. But when it comes to our money, it's a muscle. And we need to be able to go smarter, go longer, go faster, go harder. And we need to be able to think more clearly. And so... Getting emotionally invested, although I understand we're humans and we come with emotions, it's it's a muscle and the more deals you look at, the more you will be able to separate the emotion from the success or the, I don't want to say failure, but... Um, when that that doesn't turn out the the way the plan doesn't go according to plan like is what i'm trying to say and so um step number 1 what do you need what do you want what's the goal what are you working towards what is financial independence then we need to take the 50-foot view and say, okay, well, where are you at right now? Maybe you're on track for that. Then we, um, if you're not on track for that, what are the small steps that you can start today so that we can work towards that? It's really hard to take small steps because we want to take big steps. We want to see change. We want to see progress quickly. We're in a five second or maybe even less attention span. And so when I um, when I hear what your goals are, when I hear your timeline for financial independence, that ideal uh, trajectory, and I, then I say to you, okay, what we're going to do is we're just going to start putting 25 bucks a month into a slush fund. That sucks. That doesn't feel good. That feels like, well, that's not going to move the needle. <laughs> but those small steps build up. And so it's just, okay, start doing the $25 a week into a slush fund. Okay, start listening to this podcast. 
okay, start talking to um, your friends about what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. It's like all these things, they start to snowball. And you have to remember, in addition to that, you don't have to live your life the way others expect or based on social norms that do not resonate with you. And so maybe it's step number one, just accepting that and stop doing that. You know, social norms, I mean, some of the social norms that I don't live by, I don't do a lot of um, the kids stuff. So birthday parties aren't really a part of my weekend norm. My kids also don't really do, I mean, my oldest is 15 and he's never really had a birthday party. When he turned, I think 12, I went around, I have a minivan, well, I had one, and so, which seated eight people, including myself. So I said, okay, pick seven friends, which honestly, he had seven boys in his, including him, in his uh, class. We're from a really small rural school. And I was like, I'm going to call their moms and we're going to go to the movies tonight. That's going to be your birthday party. Nobody had presents. It was just a fun experience with him and his friends um, where I, you know, picked everybody up, brought everybody to the movies, got everybody popcorn, and then brought everybody home. And that feels good to me. And that's not social norm, but that's what I'm going to do because I don't care about social norms. <laughs> and that's just something that's always been natural to me. But if this is a permission slip that you need to maybe tweak something in your life that you're like, yeah, I'm going to stop doing that. You don't have to stop doing it forever. Just try for the rest of the month to stop doing it. Um, Anyways, that's my soapbox. Financial independence retire early is a movement. I don't, when I see it come up on my uh, social media, I feel cringy. I don't like it when people talk about it. I feel like it's arrogant. I feel like they're not living in reality. Um, it could just be that they're not living in my reality. So a lot of people who talk about it have maybe no kids or very few children, which is something I can't relate to. They could be single, or if they aren't single and they're in a partnership, them and their partner are make completely separate decisions. And so um, their money's their money and their partner's money is their partner's money. That doesn't resonate with me in my family. We have one big pot. We all throw the money in. We all take the money out. Um, we have a plan on how things are going and if things aren't going according to plan, we have real adult conversations about it, um, not pointing fingers, not shifting blame, just saying like, this is where we're at, what are we going to do about it? And so I think that's, it's just really getting grounded in what's working for you, what do you want? Um Anyway, that's my soapbox. Financial independence, retire early. Maybe you're on track. You don't know until you check. Taking small steps is the way. So I recommend doing a very small step. For those just starting, I would say you need, a, if you don't have a slush fund and an emergency fund, that is your focus. For the next, let's say, six weeks, Every Friday, at a minimum, you need to be putting $25 into your slush fund and $25 into your emergency fund. 
I personally have my emergency fund set up at EQ Bank. The reason I do that is because I cannot see it. The money goes in there. I never check EQ Bank and <laughs> that's where the money goes. Um, for a slush fund, that is a sub account off of my main bank account. And so it's you go to your main bank account where you have a debit card and you open a sub account that doesn't have a card and you're just putting money in there. The intention for a slush fund is for it to increase the more that as you accumulate money in there and you should never feel guilty when it goes back down to zero. A slush fund is there to catch those weeks and months that go over budget because I promise you, you are going to have months that you are going to go over budget. And when you do, having that safety net feels so much better than having to dip into that line of credit or credit card. And so if you're just starting the journey, that's where I would recommend at a minimum, you need a slush fund and you need an emergency account. If you already have those two things and are already doing that, I am super happy for you. I would challenge and say, can we increase? Are you on track? Do you have enough in your emergency account? Can we go from, let's say you're doing $100 a week into both of those things. Can we bump that up to 150 How does that feel for you? Can you try that? Otherwise, I would also say, okay, now let's look at your debt and your savings. So long-term savings, your tax-free savings account, your retirement, your debt capacity. What does that look like? And with some payday structure, what can we do to reduce your debt? And what can we do to increase your savings? Do a little bit of both. Um, Anyway, I hope that's helpful. You guys are all doing a great job. Anyone who's talking about financial independence and retiring early, I hope that they're also giving you perspective onto what their life is like so that you aren't comparing yourself to somebody who is completely different than you and who has different life situations, who has different goals than you, who lives in a different place than you, so that it's not leaving you feeling like it's impossible. It's not that it's impossible, it's that their situation is different. And so, little different episode, just me, (laughs) just gabbing away. Um, Lindsay will be back next week, and we look forward to being in your earbuds. Thanks for spending your time with us today. If you heard anything that piqued your interest, check out the show notes because we probably have some extra deets or links down there. Your homework for today. Go talk to someone about your money. Either your spouse, your kids, your coworker, or a licensed professional. And if you don't like those humans today, we're always talking in Lindsay's Facebook group, Black is the New Red. So join us over there. Head over to Facebook, type in Black is the New Red. You'll see so many amazing like-minded individuals in there trying to get better, asking the right questions, supporting one another. We look forward to hanging out with you again on your next dog walk or while you watch soccer practice from the sidelines. Cheers. Cheers.